What's up, everybody? Welcome into Wednesday, August the 25th episode of Locked on Cardinals. I am Lucas Smith. Cardinals with an overall disappointing homestand, but it ends on a big positive note as Mr. Newt Bar gets a walk off it. We're breaking it all down on this episode of the Locked on Cardinals podcast, talking Detroit Tigers, talking Newt Bar, and then some news and notes as well. It's going to be a good one, so strap in. Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, welcome in, everybody. My name is Lucas Smith, St. Louis Cardinals mega fan and your host for the show. Wednesday post-game edition of Locked on Cardinals. It is going to be a regularly timed episode as the bonus episode of Yadier Molina dropped earlier this morning as I was reacting to his one-year $10 million extension with the St. Louis Cardinals. Today's full episode is brought to you in part by Spotify Green Room. Download a Spotify Green Room app and find one of our Locked on Rooms. I did one yesterday. Reacting to the item, Molina News had a couple of participants in on that room, so I appreciate that. But the Cardinals with uh, a walk-off win today against the Detroit Tigers, so we're going to start with that. And then we're also going to get into yesterday's loss against the Tigers, talk about the homestand in general, and then some general news and notes. i uh, got to talk about Flaherty, Helsley, a little bit more about Yachty as well for the Cardinals. So we're going to go ahead and get right into it now, talking about that game two that just happened for the St. Louis Cardinals as again they fall or they win rather um, by the final score of three to two as Lars Newtbar as if you're watching on YouTube you can see the caption reading Newt uh, for on, on the YouTube channel and Lars Newtbar just kind of cemented his place in Cardinal lore if he wasn't there already he's had a tremendous start to his career. Um, at, at least in terms of, of of a fan favorite, he's definitely one of the of the top uh, Cardinals right now. He's got three home runs. He's he's had a slash line of two sixty two, three thirty eight, um, and a slugging percentage uh, of four sixty two for an OPS of seven nine nine. Again, only twenty eight games, sixty five at bats. I get it, but a nice start for Newt Bar. So we're going to start there. I love talking about positive things because to me, life is too short to be too negative. And while there are definitely some negative things I'm going to have to discuss today, Lars Newt Bar has been an absolute positive and a, and a nice little jolt of energy to this Cardinal team that at times, I'll be honest, can be kind of uh, of a of, of a drag to watch. If it can be kind of boring, isn't the correct term, but th- th- this team can definitely use a little bit more energy. I think Newt Bar provides that. Newt Bar is also somebody um, that the, the energy was was there. He's somebody that also has developed a nice relationship with Nolan Arenado that has been kind of fun to see as well. So if, for him to come through there in the top, bottom half of the 10th inning, what was very nice to see. It was fun to see the reaction. And although there weren't a lot of fans there tonight, 24,304, I believe, was the announced attendance, somewhere around 24,000. Didn't look like that many people were in the ballpark, but I digress. At least they who left, who stuck around got to see a nice moment as well as those on the field. We're going to go ahead and start today's post-game show in that 10th inning because it starts with the Ghost Runner. Um, in who was it? Tommy Evans. That's right. Tommy Evans was the ghost runner. And then the, the Tigers, J.J. Hinch and the Tigers, decide to intentionally walk Paul Goldschmidt to put the runners on first and second before a pitch is even thrown because an intentional walk does not require a pitch anymore. That's a gutsy move. That's a lot of respect to book to Paul Goldschmidt for good reason. 
for very good reason. Paul Goldschmidt had two home runs in the day. He's been heating up. Not, I'm not second guessing that decision and ended up somewhat working out, I suppose, because Paul Goldschmidt wasn't the one that beat you. Got, got two outs in the inning, but that was a gutsy move by AJ Hinch. Um, Dylan Carlson puts together a decent at bat fouls, a couple pitches off himself and the catcher. Um, but he ends up flying out on a nice play by Grossman and then a wonderful double steal. I love that kind of aggressive managing by Mike Schilt, or if it was, um, Tommy Edmund and Paul Goldschmidt doing it together. But my, my guess is, is that it was, it was Mike Schilt. And I understand the, the critique to this move because the critique to this move is if it pays off, if it works and it did, then all the Tigers have to do is to intentionally walk Arnado to get to DeYoung. I totally get that critique. I acknowledge that critique. I'm still one to be aggressive in that moment, and I really like the aggressive nature of that play because then all you need is a sacrifice fly, even from Paul DeYoung. That's all you need really. you know. I think eight times out of ten, if you put the ball on play, seven times out of ten, if you put the ball on play in that situation, things will tend to work out there as well. Uh, but Paul DeYoung did ground out into a force out at the plate, hitting a weak ground ball to the second baseman. So I do get that that the the critique is there, but I still love the double steal there in that bottom half of the 10th inning. DeYoung obviously does not come through after the Arnado intentional walk, but Newt Barr does come through. Mr. Newt, who is not getting booed. Uh, when uh, he, I think when he first started, he kind of thought that he was being, um, he was being booed, but uh, he's not being booed. He's definitely a fan favorite in St. Louis um, already, and he came through with a walk-off hit. And that, that was really one of the only positives of the game. But the only other positive to me was Paul Goldschmidt, as he was the one who was providing all the offense early as he had a home run in the first and third innings in this game. And outside of that, you know, there weren't a whole lot of positives. John Lester turned in a nice, nice start, five innings, seven hits, not a lot of hits given up, uh, but only one earned run, two walks, and four punch outs. Decent work by the bullpen of Garcia, Cabrera, and Gallegos, as well as TJ McFarland. But sadly, that, that's going to be about as positive as I can get for the rest of this show because there are some concerns and there are some things that I want to talk about um, that, that, that concern me and that, that should concern you as well. Because even with, with this exciting win that the Cardinals just, um, just pulled off, th- this to me what was a very disappointing homestand. Um, and I'll get get to that in, in, in a little bit, but just just for this game, even it was disappointing, um, or or th- this series was disappointing. But but this game specifically, because Tarek Skubal, and no no disrespect to him, he's having a wonderful month of August. ERA below two in the month of August is four point one ERA in the year. Five innings, struck out ten. He struck out the first. I guess not the first nine batters, but nine of the first nine outs came via the strikeout. Cardinals striking out a total of fourteen times in today's game. Paul Goldschmidt uh, even struck out once, but you had um, 14 Ks in, in a baseball game. And, and I know that we're in the era of, of feast or famine strikeouts happen. It is what it is, but still I really do believe that you, you can't be striking out this much uh, at any level, especially in the major league level and pitchers are just this good. It just can't happen. So to me that the strikeouts are an issue and it's, it's an issue uh, I don't know if it's a, if, if it's a process, if it's Jeff Albert, if it's Mike Schilt, if it's the players, or if Scooball was just on today, which he was. Not to again, not to discredit him at all, but at the same time, that that's a big negative to me and a big concern. Another concern is Alex Reyes. Alex Reyes blows his third save, continues to be on a sharp decline in terms of productivity. Uh, if you look at his last 
seven appearances. And again, ERA in the bullpen isn't always the, the best option. Um, um, has things, but ERA is three, three eight um, saves in that time, a bone save in there, giving up 10 hits in those eight innings. So not being the most efficient with his time either. He ends up blowing the, the lead as uh, Miguel Cabrera pinch hits in the top half of the ninth inning. And he doubles, and then um, the he, he end up being brought around on um, on a Harold. I'm sorry, Cabrera didn't lead off the inning. He pinched it with two outs, and then Harold Castro singled up the middle for the game tying run. And at that point, I think all the all the energy or the limited amounts of energy that was in Bush Stadium kind of just left uh, because. Reyes was so electric to start this season. He was so fun to start this year. And I think that he definitely has a bright career ahead of him. Don't get me wrong. I think that he's going to be a great starter one day. But right now, he's just not there. He just doesn't have it. And it was one of those times, you know, another high leverage spot that that Reyes is unable to do his job in. And to to me, if you're going to be the closer, I think to most people, if you're going to be the closer, you you should be able to, to... to pitch in some high leverage spots. I don't think that that's too crazy of anything of me to say. So th- that to me is a big pot is, is a big negative of this because th- this homestand was, was not successful in any way, shape or form. It was not successful because you dropped two out of three to the Brewers. You dropped two out of three to the pirates. And then you split with the tigers. And again, I don't want to get ahead of myself too much. I will talk about that later, but it was a disappointing homestand. Very disappointing, even with the two pretty solid wins here today on Wednesday and as well back on Sunday. But chalk it up, give credit to where credit is due. Good job, Paul Goldschmidt. Pretty good job, John Lester and Bullpen, as well as Lars Newtbar getting the job done and providing us all with a little bit of excitement there in the end. And it, it was a good win. It was a good finish. Uh, I misspoke. It was a good, good finish for the Cardinals. And now that they uh, will travel to Pittsburgh to face the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, but before I talk about game one, which was extremely disappointing and it was lifeless from the Cardinal offense until the eighth inning, I do have to take a quick break and tell you about today's title sponsor, Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. That's right, made for you. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. And I host rooms for Locked On Cardinals. I try to do it once a week. Green Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like yourself on Green Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and, of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You will have a chance to chat with me, might even have a chance to be featured on the show if you join in on one of these Green Rooms. So go ahead and download the free Green Room app now, available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group chat for the latest league updates. Follow me at LJ Fastball to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. And I cannot wait to hear everybody's thoughts on the Cardinals as we enter uh, the last month of the season. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. Cardinals fall 4-3 on Tuesday night, and it, that game was brutal on many, many accounts. The Tigers starter, um, Mr. Mize, was, was pretty good, going five innings in the bullpen of Funkhauser, Ramirez, and Fulmer, who also pitched today, uh, shut out the Cardinals, shut down the Cardinals, I guess I should say. They shut them, shut them out until the eighth inning. Cardinals were out hit 7-6. to six. They were also out hit today. And again, I know hits aren't everything, but – Usually the team that wins, that, that, that scores more runs, gets more hits, typically. Obviously, it didn't happen today, but it did happen. Yesterday, Cardinals only able to, able to muster up six hits on offense. They 
don't have a, they only have two extra base hits or three extra base hits. I'm sorry. I also had a triple in there. One for nine. However, with runners in scoring position, they did strand a runner. Um, it just wasn't, it, it was bad from the get go because you had Flaherty starting. You, you felt good about Flaherty. I'm not trying to say I feel bad about Flaherty starting, but you have the Tigers score two runs in the second, two runs in the third, and then Flaherty does get injured. And again, I'll talk about that in segment number three. But once once the Cardinals were down four nothing, it kind of felt like it was an impossible lead to come back from. And it, it's never good to, to have that feeling if you think you're a playoff team against a non-playoff team. And in respect to the Tigers, credit to the Tigers. They came in to Bush Stadium. They, they, they came in the season against the Cardinals and took three out of four against St. Louis. I know this might tick some of you off, but I say hats off to the Detroit Tigers. They outplayed the Cardinals in most ways, in more ways than one. And they won three to four games against the Cardinals this season. And I don't think going into this season – Anybody, Tigers fan, Cardinals fan, baseball fan, would have thought that the Cardinals would lose three out of four to the Detroit Tigers. I also don't think anybody would have thought the Tigers would be 61 and 67. Come on, it would be a lot. And the Tigers have overperformed. That's where credit is due there. But bottom line, for the Cardinals standpoint, they didn't hit. They didn't score a run until the third or to the eighth inning. One of those runs came on a ground out. And again, score runs any way you can. That's great. Then Nolan Arenado had the other two runs on an RBI double down the right field line. Arnauto is at his best when he's hitting the other way, and I stand by that sentiment. Uh, but, but nevertheless, they, they didn't hit. That's a problem. I don't think anybody's going to come in here and say and tell me, oh, not a problem. They didn't hit, but that's okay. Because they didn't hit, and also they, they didn't. Their, their starter wasn't able to, to go deep because he left due to injury. Hope third is okay. He is back on the IL. Um, but the, the bullpen was good. Ponce de Leon, scoreless. Miller, scoreless. Kim, scoreless. McFarland and Garcia, scoreless. Obviously, since Flaherty gave up all the four runs himself. So that was good. That was great. The plan B bullpen worked because outside of McFarlane and Garcia, none of those guys have really seen a high leverage spot in a while. Ponce de Leon was first time. We've only seen him twice in the last number of weeks or months, really. He has not pitched very often. He was good. Andrew Miller was good. We got to see KK Kim return from the IL with uh, close to three innings of, of shutout baseball. He went two and two thirds of an inning. So yeah, the bullpen was good. But again, this offense needs an adjustment. The offense only struck out six times, so that's fine. But again, you can't only have three extra base hits and go one for nine with runners in scoring position, that one being the Nolan Arenado double in the eighth inning. This homestand, like I mentioned, the Cardinals only go um, three. Let's see. Let's see. They won, well, they won one game each series, Tigers, Brewers, and Pirates. That's three wins. They lost two out of three, so that's three, one, two, three, four, five. Three and five in a homestand. I thought I counted before that, but I guess I didn't write it down. <laughs> three and five in the homestand, the eight-game homestand. Three against the Brewers, three against the Pirates, and two against the Tigers. That, that can't happen. If, if, you go, if you're thinking to yourself you're going to make a postseason run, that can't happen. I, I, I truly believe that. And, I, I, and the, what really can't happen is the losses against the non-playoff teams. You can live with yourself taking one out of three against the Brewers, being competitive, staying afloat, treading water. But as soon as you start losing to non-playoff teams at home and losing series to them, that's when you lose me. I, I love the Cardinals. Are really, you know, the, the Cardinals have been teasing us all season. At least those of now, those those ones of us that have believed what we see whenever they they play well. Maybe it was getting our hopes too high up. Maybe we were believing something that wasn't there, that that isn't there. But but th- th- this team is is now starting to really trend in the down downward direction, and one that I think that I don't think they can come back from. 
You know, I know it's August. There's a month left to play. The standings might say the Cardinals are still close to being in it because as I sit here and record this at 414 on Wednesday, August the 25th, the Cardinals only sit um, four games back of a wild card spot. So, yeah, is it doable? Maybe. Maybe it is doable. But the way this team is playing does not look like a playoff team. The eye test, the, the Cardinals are failing the eye test. It is what I'm trying to say. A three and five homestand in late August it could be a death sentence for some teams. And sadly, I think that that might have been a death sentence with the Cardinals. If, you know, you, you could argue they had a death sentence a while ago. But nevertheless, the, the, the three and five homestand hurt. Because even the win today was one the Cardinals probably didn't deserve to win. Scooball outpitched everybody on this team or any, anybody on the field today. Lester was good. Shut, shut, no, shut out baseball. There were one, one run baseball over, over five innings. Gave up seven hits. Scooball was great. Scooball was fantastic. He made the two pitches to Goldschmidt. The Goldschmidt was able to take advantage of and head out of the ballpark. But again, Scooball did his job and more other than he only went five innings. American League, maybe he stays a little bit longer. Tigers, you could argue, out, outplayed the Cardinals. Now, granted, I'm not trying to take anything away from St. Louis. Not at all. But the Cardinals did strike out 14 times. Outside of Paul Goldschmidt and Lars Newbar, nobody drove in a run. You could really say that, and I, I think Rick Horton said this on the broadcast, the commissioner gave them one, the, the winning run at second base in Tommy Edmond. And, you know, the, the Cardinals only had one hit in that 10th inning. They had a ghost runner and two intentional walks for their runners on base. And again, I'm not trying to take anything away because a win is a win, and you can use this win to your advantage and have momentum going into the next series. But at the same time, you got to think to yourself, you know, the Cardinals are getting outplayed by these non-playoff teams. It, you know, get, get, losing or splitting a series at home against a non-playoff team, if you are a playoff team, shouldn't happen. And if the Cardinals go on a run in September and surprise everybody and make the postseason, credit to them, and I love them what and all those good things realize that the Cardinals are that, that, that there's a separation between the Cardinals and the rest of the league right now or in the playoff teams right now and the Cardinals aren't playing that way right now at least at least they didn't in the last eight days last nine days they, they didn't show anything outside of a really good showing against Milwaukee and Brandon Woodruff on on Thursday night last Thursday night it was a tough homestand and, and the only hitting, like it says in the graphic on YouTube, the only hitting the Cardinals did do on, um, excuse me, on Tuesday was, was, was too little too late uh, from the Cardinals' perspective. So it, it was it was a disappointing homestand. No other way around it. And one that the Cardinals somehow are still within striking distance of the second wild card spot. And once you're in, anything can happen. But again. Being within striking distance and being in contention, I think, are two very different things because the team can be well within striking distance, but all, all all the odds don't really line up in their favor. I think the Cardinals might be in that spot right now. Still going to cheer for them. Still going to hope they do well, uh, but that's, that September is a scary one. So we're going to go ahead and take our third break here on Locked on Cardinals podcast, and then we've got some news and notes and my thoughts on those news and notes coming up here in just a minute. But first, I want to tell you about Bet Online because it is that time of year again, and all eyes are turning, or at least some eyes, because we still got some eyes on baseball season now, are turning to football as teams are prepping for opening week, both in the collegiate level and the pro level. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all of the pro and college football odds and information. 
Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest. Open now at BetOnline. So head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. What is that, did you say? Nice question. Make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, season opener against the Super Bowl champion, Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing with the promo code NFL100. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, from football to basketball, baseball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of the great offers available for the 2021 season. That 100% welcome bonus I mentioned is the promo code locked on. So many great deals, so many great contests. Go to betonline.ag to find them all. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. So as I mentioned, uh, we're going to talk about some news and notes here on the final segment of Locked on Cardinals as the IDR Molina has made it official, at least according to Katie Wu, that the 2022 season will be his last as a St. Louis Cardinal and his last in his career. And like I talked about in the bonus episode this morning, if you missed that, I'd highly recommend you check it out. Credit to Yadier Molina for sticking through with the Cardinals. And I know that a lot of people were upset by this move. I think I've, only, I've even gotten some unfollowings from people that are upset by this move that whenever I said, hey, good for Yadi. But honestly, good for Yadi. And, and it, it's a good thing. The Yadier Molina is ending his career as a St. Louis Cardinal. We can talk about production and playing time and money a different time. For an icon like Yadier Molina to end his career in St. Louis, it is just simply a good thing. It is right. It is natural. And I think we all would have, or at least I, I'm not going to speak for everybody, I'll, I'll say that, I would have felt a little odd if he puts on a red jacket one day and he didn't play his entire career with the St. Louis Cardinals. It wouldn't be right. And again, I'm not saying that everything in sports always has to work out handy-dandy, wonderful. But at the same time, it, it, it's good from an um, intangible aspect that he is ending his career with the St. Louis Cardinals. I'm happy for him. I'm happy for the for the fan base, and I, I hope he gets the send-off he deserves. Because despite a downward track in production, I understand that. I admitted that. I talked about that on the bonus episode. And again, we can talk too much money, playing time, production later. Despite all that, he deserves a, a quality send-off. Maybe not Mariano Rivera, David Ortiz type send-off. Those are first ballot Hall of Famers, and without a doubt, first ballot Hall of Famers in my opinion. The, the idea of Molina might get first ballot, but I don't know if he's just clear-cut to everybody. Again, different different, different um, topic to discuss. He deserves a good send-off, bare minimum, at Bush Stadium. That send-off for him should be glorious. He says that he's excited for it. He's excited to bring it. Hopefully, his goal is to bring a ring back to St. Louis or a trophy to St. Louis before he leaves. Even if opposing fans or opposing teams don't really have any set for St. Louis will deserved by Yadier Molina. I will say that it could be well-deserved whatever he gets as a send-off. I know that Derek Gould had tweeted out about, you know, he might get booed one more time at New York and booed one more time at, at, at Cincinnati. And those will be all good things to, to kind of uh, hear for the one last time. Uh, but again, all those negatives about the contract I've already talked about, we'll talk about later and for a different time. Congratulations, Jadio Molina, on a fine career. And hopefully he can go out and finish the next year and month and a half or so uh, on, a, on a positive note. Jack Flaherty on the 10-day injured list with a right shoulder strain. 
you know, I know Jack's a, a huge competitor. I, it, it's hard for me to say, even though the Cardinals are quote unquote within striking distance, it's hard for me to say that the Cardinals should rush Jack Flaherty back. And I don't know if they did before. I don't know if the timetable at the beginning wasn't right or whatever, but because he did come back awfully quick um, compared to what the timeline was. But if, if from a baseball or from a health standpoint, 2022, in my opinion, is more important right now than 2021. And I hate that as a fan. Like, no, you need to be putting the best product forward no matter what year it is. No tanking, no saving for, for later. I understand that mindset. I know that. I get it. But if you truly believe the Cardinals are out of the playoffs in 2021, like they probably are, no reason, no reason to rush Jack Flaherty back if he's not ready. So take it slow. Uh, in, in my opinion, if, if anything is, if there's any remote sense of a hiccup in Jack Flaherty, set him. And again, again, way easier for me to say. I have no contact with Jack Flaherty and no, um, you know, no, no dog in the fight in terms of a decision. I've, I've no, no weight or anything like that. But if it's me, I would really consider sitting him for the season. Uh, even if he does come back, don't don't bring him back maybe to the major league level, baseball activities at, at the most, and just get him ready for a healthy 2022 season. Because you don't you don't want to see what 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 Ryan Helsley is going through and have him um, go do surgery. Because uh, according to Derek Goldie, he is um, he's going to have surgery on excuse me uh, uh just lost it um he's going uh, arthroscopic procedure on his left knee according to katie Wu. i beg your pardon um so healthy is having surgery so you don't want to try and push somebody so much that the end result is oh we've got to get him through surgery now surgery is not good Sur- surgery will, will only prolong the time to come back so flarity in my opinion if there's any hiccup or setback just sit him and be done so those are the news and notes uh, for, for, for an update. KK Kim as well looked look good out of the bullpen yesterday, so maybe a bullpen role is, is going to be for him. But going forward, I, I really do think, obviously, the Cardinals are within, quote-unquote, within striking distance, and they're going to try and win out. The Cardinals' goal should be to win three out of four against the Pirates this weekend in PNC Park as they close out their Pirates part of the schedule for 2021. But we're... We're, we're, I think we'll, we'll know by the time the Cardinals play Cincinnati, and if not, we'll know by the end of this this calendar month if the Cardinals are truly a playoff contender. Because again, you could be telling me right now, "Oh, Lucas, you're just falling for for false hope, and you're and you're trying to make something out of nothing." And I get that, you know, th- this team has been up and down, up and down, uh, pretty pretty much since July of, of having success, and then not having success, tricking us into thinking they're going to be good, and then falling flat against playoff teams. That September schedule is a daunting one. And if the Cardinals are going to be for real, they're going to have to start getting kicking it into gear, not just against the Royals, Pirates, and Tigers, but also against the Brewers, the Mets, the uh, Padres. I know they fell out, but the Reds, who are back in playoff in a playoff spot, they're going to have to start doing this sooner or later. And it, it's going to have to be now. The Cardinals are going to have to start winning every series from here on out to even have a remote chance. So that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. I appreciate whether you watched or listened. Um, I, I do appreciate it. So be sure to follow me on Twitter at LJ Fastball. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. And the, the next episode will be out on Thursday, Thursday morning as a series preview of the four-game set against the Pittsburgh Pirates, previewing the probables, breaking down the matchups, 
um, and, and and all that and give you everything you need to know for the upcoming series against the Buckos. Uh, so Locked on Cardinals is free on all platforms, including the YouTube channel Locked on Cardinals. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform, leave a rating, drop a like button, whatever you can do. Tell your friends and family and spread the word. But until I talk to you guys tomorrow about the Pittsburgh Pirates, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.